This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 693 with Shonda Morales. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 693. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Shonda Morales is on a mission to help ambitious moms play big without burning out. Author of the award-winning book, Breathe Mama Breathe, as well as Don't Forget to Breathe, she is a psychotherapist, life balance coach, therapreneur, and podcast host. Shonda serves on the board of The Shanti Project, an education nonprofit providing evidence-based mindfulness services to children and adults. She lives in Pennsylvania with her husband and two kids, loves to play outside, endeavors to practice what she preaches, and is perennially fascinated by what makes people tick. The timing of this interview was quite serendipitous, as you will hear. The day before I interviewed Shonda, my therapist told me I would really benefit from some mindfulness meditation. I was skeptical, if not downright doubtful. So I loved picking Shonda's brain as we dug into all the ways mindfulness as a practice can shift our brains to help us achieve balance, though not in the sense you might imagine, greater productivity, creativity, and overall energy. Listen in to hear Shonda share her experience raising two children 10 years apart in age, her parenting philosophy around good enough is great, how quote unquote balance shifts over the course 
of motherhood and should be a gentle recalibration over time, not massive sweeping overnight changes, how to integrate one to five minutes of mindfulness to shift your day and the importance of keeping it short and doable, which is a gift and a blessing if you are like me and you feel like you don't have any more than one to five minutes a day to spare. The science of mindfulness and how meditation can change the shape, function, and efficiency of your brain. The difference between mindfulness, meditation, and mindful breaks and the difference and benefits of each. The difference between mindfulness, meditation, and mindful breaks and the benefits of each and how to use breath, becoming, and balance breaks in short, like one minute ways to increase your calm, your energy, or restore a mindset of balance to your day. Oh my goodness, so many goodies in here. So please join me in welcoming Shonda Morales to the Shameless Mom Academy. Shonda, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hi, Sarah. I'm excited to be with you. We're going to talk about balance and breathing and mindfulness and all the things that we all really need, but maybe don't do a great job incorporating as moms. That's that's right. Absolutely. We tend to come last. <laughs> yes. Yes. I will preface this by saying that I was in a therapy appointment yesterday and my therapist was reminding me again that I could benefit from some mindfulness meditation. Hmm. And I just got really mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll just let you know, that's where we're starting this conversation. Is that I am probably your ideal client and I might get mad when you tell me to breathe. So. All right. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> but I'm honestly really excited to dig in because I think that there's so much of this conversation that's going to be relatable and helpful. But I think what I'm most looking forward to is how do we integrate things? How do moms integrate new habits and that we know are going to be beneficial, but that we aren't good at prioritizing. So, and like I'm raising my hand as that person right now. So. Well, and, and I love that you're owning your skepticism right away because I was yeah. there too. And so it's, you know, it's something we can definitely talk about it and address because you're not alone for sure. And it's sort of like, seriously, you're going to add one more thing to my to-do list. Get out of here, yes, get out of my yes, face. So, yes. so we're going to talk about that. I'm sure. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. So before we dig in, tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the mom of two. My kids are 10 and 20. So I have a fifth grader who just started and my daughter just started her senior year of college. So that disparity is interesting, keeps me on my toes. And what I'm most excited about right now is I'm, we're recording the end of August, but in mid-September, I'm going to be launching my second, the second edition of my book, uh, Don't Forget to Breathe. And so that's been really fun. Um, I just had a TV segment. They came to my house. I, I'm <gasps> familiar with the local TV people. I'm kind of on every so often. And uh, this is the first time at my house. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so my dog, we were just talking about our dogs. My dog was on camera because she doesn't like the paparazzi really, but she might be famous now. So, um, <laughs> but that was exciting. That was fun. How exciting. Oh my gosh. Those are also milestone moments where you, when you make the decision to put yourself out in the world, whether it's writing a book or starting a podcast or starting your business or going for a promotion, like whatever the thing is, when you're at the beginning of that journey and thinking like, I'm going to go for this and I'm going to do this thing. Sometimes you can't imagine what the end stuff looks like. And so to be on the 
other side of like having done the thing and then have media in your living room. <laughs> it's a big moment. <laughs> yes. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, it was something that, you know, I didn't necessarily aspire to, and I don't know if we can plan out these twists and turns in our lives, but I'm such a huge proponent of following our curiosity and risk taking, like measured wise risk taking, putting ourselves out there. And sometimes it's not working and sometimes it does. And I just love what shows up, like what, you know, yeah. what, how things turn out. And, you know, it just, it makes life adventurous. I think. I love that. I love it. I totally agree. So I want to talk a little bit about your motherhood experience because you referenced this already. And when your team reached out about this conversation, it was really about mindfulness and all the good things that we're going to get into, but I have questions and <laughs> curiosity about raising two children with this 10 year age gap. I think this is fascinating. It's something we haven't talked much about on the show, but I think this is a unique angle in motherhood to have two kids, one's age 10, one's age 20. You're just in these really vastly different parenting stages. Can you talk a bit about that and what that looks like for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, my husband and I, he joked, I didn't think it was so funny, but he was like, yeah, every 10 years, that's our plan when you're 31, 41, 51. And I was like, dude, you'll do the 51. No, uh-uh. And I passed that now. So my daughter's like, thank God we passed that milestone and we didn't have a child at 51. I can't handle that. No, yeah. So yeah, it's it's fun and it's really helped me to not sweat the small stuff. I'll tell you that much because when I when my daughter was born, I was very much a recovering perfectionist type A. I mean, I, you know, I think that's a lifelong thing we kind of work on, but it was sort of like, okay, sanity or perfection, which one am I going to choose here? And thankfully, sanity won. And, you know, I've really learned and I teach this to moms that good enough is great. And, you oh. know, to me, that is like so we need to give ourselves grace and have passion for the fact that motherhood, you know, our kids are the thing that matter the absolute most to us. Of course, we want to do a, an amazing job. We, it, we just care so much, but sometimes to give ourselves that grace and take ourselves off the hook a little bit, that good enough is really amazing. I promise. And so, yeah. and I can see that now that I see that my daughter is turning out to be <laughs> a great, <laughs> you know, young adult human being, I'm like, okay, all right. It's all going to be okay. And, yeah. you know, thankfully my son can benefit from, from that. I love that. I feel like when the pandemic started and as we got into when, when we realized the pandemic wasn't like a thing that was going to be two to six weeks long, oh. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of parents and myself included a lot of moms, especially had to reorganize their relationship with perfectionism because so much was uncertain and unpredictable. And we really like, we were holding so much space for so many things that I felt like we, in some ways it made us get over perfectionism in some really significant ways. And I remember mm. talking to my clients at the time and my community at the time saying like, this is a chance to do things halfway, yeah, <laughs> like, yes. like load the dish, do the dishes in a C plus way versus yes. an A plus way, because it's okay. If that's all you have the bandwidth for. And then what's great is you do things in this less perfectionistic way. And you realize like, oh, the outcome's like kind of the same. That's right. <laughs> that world has not fallen apart. Yeah. Right. Like, why did I need to work so hard for this other thing or right. make things look or turn out or work on things a certain way when often the outcomes are insignificantly different. There might be totally. a little bit of a difference, but you're like, oh, that difference is fine. It doesn't matter. And I've saved time or energy or stress or what have you. 
Right. Well, I think it's recognizing what we really want to try to do the A work on and what doesn't really matter. C is fine. And, um, you know, and I think so overall in parenting, Mm. kind of like a BC, I think, and we're in good shape. And yeah. And I think when it comes to perfectionism in general, when we can back off that and like I had film crew in my house today and I was like, I could have been there, you know, at 5 a.m. like scrubbing, making sure there were no smudges <laughs> on the refrigerator and everything. But I was like, you know what? This kind of like, it's a little imperfect here and you can mm-hmm. see the handprint. And you know what? It's that gives permission, I think, to other people, other women to say, Definitely. you know, this is real. This is real life and and take those standards down. And I want people to come to my house and feel like, you know, it's not perfect because otherwise that, that can feel pretty uncomfortable and not very welcoming. Absolutely. Yeah. I've noticed over time and having to do so much um, marketing in my own business over the years, I used to get so bogged down in typos and emails and typos and blog posts and like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> time. And I remember when I first started a blog, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, I remember I would send versions of it to my mom and be uh-huh. like, hey, a retired teacher. And I'm like, Hey, can you just like copy edit this for me? Uh-huh. And like, did I miss any commas? And now I'm like, if the worst thing I do today is miss a few commas, like, we're real good. That's so right. now it's when I send out correspondence and stuff, like I do the best that I can do, but it's a loose, like a, a quick proofread before yes. it gets out because I just want to get it done. And that kind of idea that done is better than perfect has, yeah. I think I've had to do that as an entrepreneur, but yep. the more that we can practice that, I think it, it creates a lot of space for us to get over that perfectionism and create time, space for other things. Yes, definitely. Agreed. I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about balance. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know for you, and we can kind of do this as a segue. So balance gets a bad rap and a lot of people say balance is impossible. And, but yet we're always striving for balance because it (laughs) seems like that's the thing we should want and so on and so forth. I'm curious for you balance when you have a 10 year old and a 20 year old and back when you had maybe a two year old and a 12 year old Mm -hmm. and in any season balance with work and then having two children who just are in really different worlds. I'm curious what balance has looked like for you. And then how that has informed your work and led into the work that you do today. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can generalize how it shifts because that's the bottom line is our, Mm. the phases of our life, you know, and moment to moment, but especially seasons of our life, it shifts. It looks different when you have a two-year-old than when you have a 12-year-old for sure. Um, And that's what I talk about with balance. To me, it's about this gentle ongoing recalibration of our priorities as our seasons of life shift. And, And then that can be moment to moment as well. And of course, you know, life throws things at us, you know, major crises or whatever. And then the balance is totally shifted, but it's about not, it's about exactly what we're talking about, not being perfectionistic. And it's sort of like this, can I keep an eye out and just recognize on an ongoing basis when the balance feels a little off? Okay. How do I recalibrate? It's not a problem. It's never going to be this perfect balance. And so it's more just, can it be balanced ish? (laughs) And if we're going for that, you know, then it's, then it's, we're in this proactive way we are attending and hopefully never even coming close to burnout because we can recognize it and catch it a little bit sooner and be proactive about the steps to take to uh, counter that. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This invitation to a gentle recalibration feels Mm -hmm. like a gift because Mm -hmm. I feel like when we look, when we think about wanting balance, and I'm kind of putting this in air quotes, like wanting Mm -hmm. balance or being more balanced or creating more balance. I feel like sometimes we feel like we're moving, we're in such a state of chaos or lack of balance that we feel like we need to flip it in the other direction. And when I think of examples of that, I think of 
having come from the fitness industry where people, I would have new clients come in and they're like, okay, starting Monday, I'm going to get up <laughs> two hours earlier and run right. six miles and eat a completely different diet and go to bed really early. And they were like changing every aspect oh, of their life overnight, yes. not a gentle recalibration. Right. Exactly. And it was really painful and uncomfortable and often didn't stick. It was like great for three days. Oh yeah. And like something would come up, life would get in the way. And then it was just like all the way back to the chaos and whatever before. Right. And so this invitation to gentle recalibration is significantly different than that. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like in a practical sense? Yeah, it's the opposite of that. And that's, you know, (laughs) coming back to what you initially kind of were talking about this resistance that comes up for you when you talk about being mindful and adding one more thing and like, really, how is this even possible with my life? But what I teach and what I'm such a huge proponent of is five minutes each day, five minutes of mindfulness every day. And if you can't do five minutes, which really, I mean that if you can't, then one minute a day is absolutely fine. It's about establishing a daily habit because these subtle shifts, these tiny, what I call mindful breaks, which are pauses and reminders in the middle of our day where we don't have to stop and go, you know, sit down and meditate, but to come back and we'll talk, you know, talk about what that is exactly, but come back into that moment. That is something we can establish as a daily habit. And it can be just something that is infused right into our life. And before you know it, if you establish that for a habit for two weeks, a daily habit, then you stack on another mindful break for the next two weeks. Before you know it, it's like, these are habits that just like brushing your teeth. You don't have to really remember to do it. It's just something you do at that time of the day. And it's then you're coming back and being more present for your life. And so, and we're we're pulling ourselves out of fight or flight and automatic pilot, and then we can just sustain energy longer. So it's, it is very short, doable, practical, flexible, and there are dozens and dozens to choose from so that it's, you know, it's whatever we're really needing in that moment. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure too, but that there are different types of mindful breaks. Sometimes we need calm. We need to just kind of rest and calm. And sometimes we need a shot of energy. So balance isn't all about going off and and becoming all zened out and calm where I'm going to fall asleep. I mean, ideally we go through our days in this relaxed, alert state. We have Mm -hmm. energy, but we're, and we're alert, but we're not, you know, hyped up on, you know, 10 cups of coffee, but we're also not like so zen out that we're just going to fall asleep or, you know, <laughs> we, we can't even, you know, form any creative thoughts. So it's somewhere in the middle. And again, that's where the balance comes in, but it's no, and recognizing what's going on with ourselves in that moment. And then, you know, that subtle shift. The relaxed alert sounds really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the things I would talk, was talking to my therapist about yesterday was that, so I have diagnosed anxiety. I, very strongly suspect I have ADHD. And I think that the ADHD actually is triggering the anxiety. So this is a circle that my therapist and I have kind of been talking around trying to figure some things out. And so when she was telling me, like, I think you should do these mindful meditations, which she's told me before. And I'm always Uh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And I tell her, I'm like, I work out. That's my meditation. (laughs) But she, she kind of kept pushing me on it yesterday. And she said, she's like, if you just did five minutes. And I was, I said, I just want you to know you're stressing me out by telling me to have something to my to-do list. So then I have one of my best friends as a therapist. So I got done with my call with my paid therapist and I got over to my best friend and I sent her a message and I was like, Hey, so here's what my therapist said. She's telling me to do these mindful meditations. It's making me mad. And my friend was like, you're going to get mad at me, but I really think that you should do like, like damn it. Day. It's everywhere. And I'm having a guest tomorrow. Ah, 
Yeah. So then she's like, and I also think you'd really benefit from like some breathing exercise. And I was like, the worst thing you can tell me is to breathe. <laughs> if you want me to get really mad, tell me to breathe. And so I'm kind of dying with the timing of this conversation. Yes. Yes. But tell me more. I mean, so what is it about? And I like to talk about that because yeah. I think that's an interesting, you know, how can I demystify that? Or maybe change your mind about yeah. so what's so frustrating about breathing. I mean, definitely if somebody tells you calm down, that is annoying. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. Cause if I could calm down, I think I would, but what is it that bothers yeah, you? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. Cause this was <laughs> where I wanted to take the conversation, not to keep the focus on me, but I think this is where I'm guessing a lot of moms fall into this category. Yep. The, where I get frustrated is because my list of things to do is so long all day. In my mind, when you talk about that relaxed, being like relaxed and alert, I'm like hyper alert all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like if I took five minutes to do mindfulness meditation, that's five minutes where I could have accomplished 13 other tasks. That's right. That where I would have been crossing things off the list that would have eased my mind. Right. And so it feels like this time trade that is frustrating. I did tell my therapist, I was like, how about for my action step? I just research. <laughs> if, <laughs> of course. This, Cause she was like, you're going to find a ton of research that supports this. And any yes. professional you talk to is going to say there's research that supports this. So I was like, so instead of actually starting the meditations, I will agree to doing some research. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my question for you is, can you talk a little bit about the science of this for people like me who don't, who I think it would be beneficial. It's just negotiating that time trade in my brain completely feels hard. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about that time perception, you know, before we jump into the research is that I invite everyone to just experiment with it, try it out for a week, every morning for one minute or five minutes and use a guided meditation because by all means, especially when we're getting started, we need somebody's voice to kind of bring us back. So we're not just like all over the place, which we will be, but at least somebody will be bringing us back. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And believe me, I was completely the same way. I mean, I started doing this um, when my daughter was three. I wanted to check out more about this class at my local hospital that taught mindfulness so I could bring it into the therapy office. And the homework was to meditate for a half an hour every day. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Right. Right. That's totally stresses me out. But I'm also a people pleaser type (laughs) A, right? So I was like, I'll do my homework. And I did my homework. And within just a week or two, I was like, wow, I am more patient. I am slowed down just a notch, but I'm more efficient, more productive. Mm. I have more energy at the end of the day. I am not like flopping into bed. Like, are you kidding me? I I'm like, okay, well, you know, read a book and go to bed. So I invite everyone to test it out because it is one of those things you sort of can't, you can read as till the cows come home about it and you're not <laughs> you going to do all the Googling the benefit. Right. Right. It's like exercise, right? I mean, I, you can yeah. read about all the benefits, but till you get those endorphins or till you feel mm-hmm. how good that feels to have a regular exercise habit, you don't get it. And that's fine. I mean, you don't. So, okay. Just like motherhood, you can't completely get that until you're a parent too. Yeah. True. So research, I mean, oh my goodness, all the way down to, let me just say all the way down to the cellular level meditation affects us. So we can, if we're hoping to live long, healthy lives, which I think we probably all are, especially as parents, we want to see as much of our kids and grandkids and hopefully even further than that. When we launch our meditators, it shows that the telomeres, which are the end of our chromosomes, and those are almost like those caps at the end of a shoelace and that coating, Mm 
And they tend to just by natural aging wear out, break down. But with long-term meditation, the telomeres stay intact longer. So we live longer, healthier lives. I mean, that's kind of all the way down to the cellular level. We know that I mean, just the basics are that when we are a little bit stressed, we don't have to be hugely stressed, but this sort of overwhelmed time start feeling most of us live with, we're in a chronic state of fight or flight, low level. We don't even recognize it a lot of the time. That's our body's reaction to perceived danger. We don't distinguish between real danger and perceived danger. So I, you know, if I'm crossing a street and like, look up and see a car, my body goes into fight or flight. That's a great thing, but I might be like to-do list schedule. Oh my gosh. I'm in fight or flight and my body doesn't recognize that's not a real danger. It feels like the same kind of threat. And what happens in our brains during fight or flight is the front part, the prefrontal cortex slows down and shuts down. And that's the part that's in charge of being able to step back and see the big picture, um, planning, organizing, uh, being creative, being innovative, all these things we love and need. So it's still working, but our emotional amygdala is firing and that's in charge. We're not as much able to respond. We're just reacting out of old habit. So with a little bit of mindfulness and meditation and research shows that the gray matter in our brain, this part that I'm talking about actually increases after eight weeks of, of daily meditation. So Mm -hmm. we change the function and the shape of our brain with meditation. So when we are a little bit more calm and we come out of fight or flight, that front part of our brain can work a little bit more efficiently. And I'm able to, instead of just react, like my kids, you know, giving me a hard time and I just bark right back and then we're off and running and everybody feels miserable and, you know, doesn't go well, I can pause. And I'm remembering to just take that breath that you don't want to take, but calms down our nervous system and reminds us, Hey, there is no danger here. And then I can think clearly, how do I really want to respond in this situation? Things go so much more smoothly. So you know, that is one benefit. Also just that, like I was mentioning, thinking about a day when you are really stressed and feeling overwhelmed, that's when we spill the coffee mug. We, you know, forget our keys. We drop this. I can't find this. We can't pull out, you know, that retention or, um, coming up with the names for things that we want to remember. It's just like, it's just not as sharp because we're so overwhelmed, but we're slowing down just a notch. We're just, things go more smoothly and we're more efficient. So I could go on all day, but there you go. That makes a lot of sense. And after I got mad at my therapist yesterday and I was like (laughs) thinking about, I had to drive somewhere last night. So I was in the car for like an hour and I was thinking this through and I was thinking perhaps if I could make my brain quiet down on demand, like by doing meditation, what have you. Then when I went to do the 13 things that I thought I could do in that five minutes that I sacrificed, that I'd be able to more quickly prioritize them (laughs) and determine like, which ones do I really need to do, which, and probably come to a point of completion with them instead of trying to do 13 things at once and doing them each like seven to 70% of the way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Completely. You're absolutely right. It's, you know, it does help us because that pause helps us prioritize. Number one, is it something I really need to do? Or is this just another fire coming at me that I'm just going to, you know, it either feels good to put it out because I can check it off the list, like you're saying, or I feel like it's urgent, but is it really urgent? Mm -hmm. Um, So it does give us that pause and then we can really prioritize that. And again, with the coming back to that life balance and recalibration, this ongoing process of every so often, am I headed in the right direction here? Am I, you know, like, where am I trying to go? Because we can get, you know, we can get some, we can just go through life and be like, how did I get here? You know, what happened? How am I here? Versus like, okay, like I want to be intentional. This is how I really want my life to look. How do I get there? Yeah, absolutely. 
Can you talk about the difference between mindfulness meditation, mindful breaks and what all those mean and kind of the benefits of them so that we're, sure. we're, we're clear point. on what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. Mindfulness is paying attention to what's happening in the moment with an attitude of kindness. So as best we can, we're not being judgmental. So that's the piece that often gets missed. And okay. so the opposite of mindfulness is when we're on autopilot and we're in our, we're in our minds in the future, we're worrying, we're running through our to-do list or in the past thinking about a conversation or whatever. So mindfulness is bringing us back into the present moment with an attitude of kindness. Now, meditation is when we carve out time in our day to practice that skill of mindfulness. And again, I'll come back to five minutes, one minute, and it can be something as simple as noticing our inhale and our exhale, and then our mind will wander off many times. And we just bring it back over and over again. And you might think, well, what the heck, what, you know, what's the point of that? We are literally training that mindfulness muscle of attention, almost like if I'm going to go to the gym and I want to build up my biceps, I'm going to do repetitive curls. I'm repeatedly bringing my attention back over and over in a non-judgmental as best we can kind of kind way, not like what's wrong with you. You know, why can't you stay on the breath? Which we Why do. can't you focus on your breathing? Exactly. We judge ourselves for judging ourselves too. We'll be like, oh, now you're judging yourself so much. And we, so we, it's, it's amazing. We're just familiarizing ourselves with our busy minds when we sit down to meditate. It's practicing a skill. Like if I'm going to learn to swim, I can't just dive into the pool and never have been in the pool before and expect I'm going to start, you know, breaststroking. I have to practice it on a regular basis. It becomes muscle memory. And then we can pull it out and use it in those moments when we really are feeling like we need it. It's something I know how to do. Now I can bring my attention back. Now I can calm my body down a little bit. You know, and again, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. And then mindful breaks are those pauses in the middle of our day. So I can be having a coffee mindful break. So rather than just drinking my coffee and multitasking and not even recognizing I had the coffee, I can pause for 20 seconds and just feel the mug, feel the warmth, smell it, taste it, feel the warmth down my throat into my stomach. That is a really different way of drinking a couple of sips of coffee than how I typically do it. But you know what? I'm now I'm aware of my life right now. I'm, I've paused it. So you can wait in the grocery store line and just, you know, instead of scrolling on our phones, which we tend to do to fill up that space, like, what if I just stand there and look around and what do I notice? Take a few mm -hmm. breaths. What do I, like, can I drop my shoulders? Um, can I make conversation with someone? It's being present for our lives. And it does actually slow the feel of the pace from one that feels frantic and urgent to a little bit more calm and sustainable. That makes a ton of sense. My therapist, and thank you for letting me use myself as an example for everything here. <laughs> so she recommended to me a year ago, a year and a half ago, she said, in the, when you get up in the morning, you, it might really help you if you, while you're having your coffee to spend like 20 to 30 minutes, just sitting and being while you drink your coffee. <laughs> I was like 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a long time so to start. I was like, well, I can't do that, but I was yeah. like, I'll give you two, I'll do two minutes. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. so what that's turned into, and it's been really helpful, which is why I bring it up. Cause I think this might be a good starting point for others. And I've talked about this a little bit before on the show, but it's really reinforced by what you just said is it's turned into now when I, I get up and I feed the dog and I'm in the kitchen after I fed her and let her out to go to the bathroom, I get my cup of coffee ready. And the first three sips that I take during each of those three sips, I think of one thing I'm grateful for. Nice. And I'm like, that's the best I can do. That's my 20 to 30 minutes. And it takes like 30 seconds. And you're but, still multitasking, but Hey, it's, I'm, <laughs> it's, like, it's I'm not uh, sitting down. Uh, I'm not I'm like, right. 
Yeah, I'm waiting on the dog, but I'm like, if this is my compromise, this is yes. a starting point. And that's I think a- that sometimes that little tiny starting point can be really helpful. That's exactly what a mindful break can be. And think about <laughs> if you do that. So that's already your habit. Now you don't think about it too much. It's just what you do. Right. Now, if you stack on another one for two weeks, you know, whatever that looks like, that could be, you know, driving home from the office in the car. I'm just not going to turn the radio on for one minute or 30 seconds or something. Silence. You know, whatever it is that feels like it fits into your life. And that becomes that habit. And before you know it, if you have your days sprinkled with some mindful breaks, you don't have to remember. It's not effortful anymore because it's just sort of what you do. And you're pulling yourself out of autopilot. You're being there for your life and you're Mm -hmm. intentional about it, right? It's kind of like, I want to think about what I'm grateful for because this will really start my day off in a really positive way. So for someone who's just starting out, who might be resistant like me, who doesn't like adding things to their to-do list, (laughs) what are some starting points or like little, whether it's mindful breaks or starting with a specific kind of mindful meditation or activities that you have coming out in your book, where would you recommend people get started? Yeah. So there are three types of mindful breaks. There are breathe breaks, which help us find calm and more awareness. The becoming breaks are when we need a shot of confidence, assertiveness, energy, and then the balance breaks are kind of what they sound like, which are bringing us a little bit back into balance. So so my recommendation is if you can pause and just what is it I'm needing in this moment, which, which type of break, and then you can pick. There are dozens of different mindful breaks, but a great example that people like of is the four, seven, eight breath. And this is if we're needing to just calm down in a stressful moment. And it's It's very simple. It's inhaling through our nose to the count of four. It's holding our breath to the count of seven and then slowly breathing out through our mouths, like our mouths pursed kind of to the count of eight. And you do that for a few cycles and that will calm down that fight or flight, that that reaction I talked about. It's something that gives our brain to focus on the counting of the breath and the, the ratio helps calm our body down. So that's something so simple. You can do it anytime, anywhere. You know, that's that's one. So uh, a becoming break can be something as simple as, these are, again, things you can just be thinking about. I talk about the green-eyed monster. I have, when we feel a shot of envy or jealousy for someone who has something that we, we just feel jealousy. And then, you know, we tend to, as women, judge ourselves for that, like what's wrong with you or, or forget it, or I can't, we just feel bad about ourselves. So just to unpack it a little bit more. And again, this doesn't take much time. I, I share the story of one day, this was pre COVID. I was heading to my office and I had my laptop and my lunch and I was all, you know, kind of schlepping it to my car. I had just gotten my son on the bus and I rushing to my office to see some clients. And I look over and pull out of my driveway and see my friend out, uh, my neighbor who lives across the street, walking her dog in the sunshine with a cup of coffee. And I was like, oh man, that looks so good. I want to do that. And then I was like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You love what your work, you love your work. You know, she's not laying around, you know, eating bonbons all day or whatever on the couch. And so I kind of, you know, had to take a minute and say, what's under here? What is this? And I realized very quickly that I was just, I didn't have, I was feeling overscheduled and I just didn't have any open space to feel like I had 10 minutes to walk my dog in the sunshine mm-hmm. with my cup of coffee. And I wanted that. So it's like when we feel that envy, that jealousy getting underneath, you know, I don't want somebody else's life necessarily, but I want this piece or I want that piece. So maybe it's like we see materialistic things and it's, it's maybe it's not even the stuff we want. We want financial security or something, you know, and then what is one small action step I can take toward 
that, you know, just again, one simple shift. So I went to my office that day, pulled out my calendar, you know, at lunchtime. And then a few weeks out, I started scheduling these blocks of time where I was like, open space, open space must be protected. And really, just did that for myself because that is what I was craving and needing. And so that's how we can, you know, overall shift the balance in different ways. I love that. I love those, all those examples. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. So I've actually used the four, seven, eight breathing for insomnia over the years. It's super helpful. It's like really resets breathing and energy for sure. When you talk about, I love that you mentioned looking at your calendar for a few weeks out and committing to something. I think that sometimes when we think about stuff like this, we think I have to change everything tomorrow and I have to change a whole bunch of things at once. And the idea that you can decide that, okay, this is something that I want to focus on or invest in or something that I want to shift. It doesn't have to be an immediate integration or Mm -hmm. like a shock to the system, but it can be more like, okay, over the course of the next couple of weeks or starting next month or whatever, like this is what I'm going to make space for so that it doesn't feel like all of a sudden it's something that you have to do today. And there's not a sense of urgency around it. Instead, it's a sense of intentionally making space for it. And for me, that's a really different those are really different mindsets around yeah. well, accomplishing that, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. That's that attitude I want everyone to have with life balance is that it can be fun and playful and experimental. It doesn't have to be so serious and, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, rigid. And, you know, again, one more thing, it's sort of like, I might look at my son, you know, and be like, man, we've had some busy couple of weeks. I don't feel like I've really just hung out or did something just fun and connected with you. So, you know, I might say, well, okay, that's not going to happen for the next couple of weeks, but maybe on a Saturday afternoon in October, you and I are going to go do something fun together. And that's exactly, so it doesn't have to, you know, it's keeping it in mind and noticing and just where can this fit in? Because it's, it is about seasons of life. And I think Mm -hmm. too, as women and, you know, ambitious women, for me, I've had to say with work, I love, there are so many projects I love to do. I can take on too many things. And I've had to say, this is not the season or you not yet. I, like I Mm -hmm. tell myself almost like, I promise I'm not going to forget this. I won't forget you, (laughs) but it's just not yet. We, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just not the right time. And so that can be helpful. I love that. 
I also appreciate that balance doesn't need to be. And when I think about this, a broad sense of balance, I think about it being that like, if I were to take my calendar and look at the week and divide up the hours that like 50% would go here and 50% would be there. And that would be balance. And I think that's not what balance is. But when we look at using mindfulness, little bits of mindfulness throughout the day, then you can have a day that has 87 activities in it. But if you've intentionally had like three little mindful breaks, there's a sense of balance in that day that it's not about certain percentages going to certain things as much as it's about how did you experience the day overall? Absolutely. I love that. There is a mindful break about energy tracking. So, you know, noticing what we do in a day or over the course of a couple of weeks that drains our energy, what gives us energy, what is sort of neutral. So as best we can, again, going forward and very slight, slowly and incrementally, what can we delegate? What can we give up that drains us? What can we add more of that energy? us and so forth. So it, again, it's like, maybe that takes a whole year to mm. come to where we're like, Ooh, this is pretty good. That's okay. And we never totally get there and then new things pop up. So that's okay too. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Do you integrate, um, mindful breaks with your kids? Sure. Yeah. This is I something mean, so- we haven't touched on, but I'm like thinking through, there's so much of this that I could see being beneficial with, well, with a 10 and a 20 year old in different yeah. ways. But for my son, who's almost 10, I'm thinking like some of this could be really helpful for kids as well. And is that included in your work as, um, and in in the book as well? My first book, breathe mama breathe has more of that things that we can practice with our kids. But one is so simple. And a lot of people love is a three breath hug, which is we can Mm -hmm. teach this to our kids and even 10 year olds are still going to do it, which is a big bear hug. And then you, you uh, coordinate your inhales and your exhales together. And it's very Um, connecting. It's very calming. Some people will do it before they leave the house, you know, that kind of thing. And I shared the story of my daughter when she was five, I had taught this to her when she was younger and she, I was having like a mommy meltdown in the bathroom and she knew it. And she slipped a note under the door that said, meet me in my room for a three breath hug. And I know. Right. And then when she was like 15, I was lending a book out to a friend on mindfulness and I found it in the book. (gasps) And I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to share this on Instagram. She's like, no, that's so embarrassing. She was, you know, (laughs) so talking about your therapist, I mean, as I'm trained as a psychotherapist, so I feel like I do apologize to my kids sometimes, especially my daughter, because she talks like a therapist. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just, we can't (laughs) help it. It It comes out like that. So it's just like that. I think with mindfulness, it kind of, when we practice as adults, they tend to, we're modeling it like everything Mm. else and they see it and we can be explicit about it. We can say, you know, I'm sorry. I lost my temper. I was so tired and frustrated and I didn't handle that well. Next time I'm going to go try to like walk away and take a few deep breaths. And, you know, so we can be explicit about it. So they know how to use it too. Some kids are more receptive to actually practicing mindful breaks and doing them. Little kids definitely are right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can be like, let's go outside and notice what's happening in our senses right now and just like make Mm -hmm. it super playful. And yeah, but I mean, my kids, they've kind of just gotten it, whether they liked it or not. And, you right. know, and, but never push it. We never want to be like, this is more homework and this is what you need to right, do to learn. So right. don't be mindful. That'll turn them off right away. Of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us about the books. My question was going to be, are there like, do you recommend certain meditation apps or mindful? Or, so any apps that you'd recommend and then also tell us about the book. Cause I know that's going to also be full of tools. So tool talk. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I'm not a huge app user. I mean, there are, okay. there are many, there's 10% happier, calm headspace. And those are just a few that I know okay. of and, you know, experiment with that. Like I mentioned, it's always helpful to use a guided voice. If people want to go to my website, I will send them a free five minute guided meditation. It's my voice and it's an audio download. Oh, nice. 
and a, at a guided coffee mindful break. And there's also a workbook that goes along with that. So it's like three different types of mindful breaks, depending on what's needed. So okay. we'll link happy to, that to send that. Notes. Yeah. And Breathe Mama Breathe, Five Minute Mindfulness for Busy Moms. That's my first book. And that's more towards uh, moms with little ones. It does go all the way up to like driving age, but mostly kind of moms with little ones. And then don't forget to breathe five minute mindfulness for busy women. This is both books have a ton of dozens of different mindful breaks. And they talk about meditation because to me, it's like the combo of five minutes or one minute of meditation in the morning and then mindful break. That's going to be your best kind of bet when it comes to integrating this into your life. And don't forget to breathe is more geared toward women in general and creating more of this life balance. Awesome. So we will link up to all those things in the show notes as well. Does it matter what time of day you meditate? (laughs) It does not. I keep mentioning morning to me. It's always what I've done. I do think there's benefit almost like exercise. You know, we get it in, we get it done. It really positively affects our day. And to me, when we can tune in to what's going on in ourselves for that day, that's always helpful. But having said that, some people really love to do it in the evening or at lunchtime. It it really just matters when you're Um, establishing any habit to bookend it between two already established habits because then it just will flow. Yes. Um, have you read uh, better than before by Gretchen Rubin? Yes. So she talks about, I think she calls it like habit linking or habit partnering or something, but yes. Habit stacking maybe. Yeah. yeah. So it's, but it's something that I've talked about with clients for years, but it's like the same thing. Like if you're going to implement something new, like do it before or after you brush your teeth. (laughs) Integrating it into something that you're already automatically doing every day. And then you add it to there. So yeah, I, yeah, that's super, super helpful advice to have one thing be the trigger for the new thing. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll come back to, I really emphasize this idea of it being playful and experimental and always having this sense of amusement with ourselves, because when we start taking ourselves so seriously, that is, <clears throat> we don't want to do that. That's not fun. It's sort of like moving yeah. and moving our bodies and exercise. How can we make it fun and playful and enjoyable? And we don't want to slog through it all the time. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Okay. Can you tell us how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom? Yes. Well, I would say, I think I'm modeling, uh, kind of, like I said, stepping out of my comfort zone over these past few years and bringing uh, creativity and entrepreneurship to my work. So I, you know, I was trained as a psychotherapist and I, in the past five years, I've, I have a podcast where uh, mental health professionals can earn continuing ed credits for listening. You know, I have books and I do speaking engagements and podcasts. So it, to me, it is just, I'm proud that I'm modeling for my kids that, you know, I'm imperfectly trying to balance this and they know when I'm out of balance and I try to apologize, (laughs) but you know, I try to just model getting back on track. Love that. Thank you. And I love the idea of that building all the things can be part of your balance. That isn't like you can being ambitious and going after things isn't, doesn't have to throw you out of balance, which I think. Oh my gosh. No, it makes me so, I'm so much happier. I'm such a happier person and mom when I'm doing all this fun stuff. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to put one more shameless plug out there for just seeing my daughter who is a senior in college now and just starting this internship. She's into social justice and Mm. policy and law. Um, So, so, you know, just seeing her light up as she's talking about what she's doing, that is just, I mean, I think that's what all we, that's what we want for our kids, right. Is like to see them be engaged and energized and lit up by what they're doing. Um, Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that. Uh, it makes me feel better about enduring my 10 year old's super sassy attitude that she's Correct. developed recently. <laughs> like, oh, like good things can still come. Okay. Good. To know. Right. <laughs> There's hope. There's hope. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. Shonda, this has been so helpful for me personally and professionally. I know people listening are going to get so much out of this conversation and maybe even from some of my own shared experience. Can you tell people where they can find you, connect with you, get your books, your resources, all the good stuff. Yeah. So my website is shondamorales.net and it's S-H-O-N-D-A-M-O-R-A-L-I-S.net. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And so I love when women reach out and say hello and tell me, you know, tell me what mindful break you're practicing or, or any questions I can answer. I love to engage. I love that. And then you mentioned you have your free five minute mindful meditation on your web. Is that on your website as well? Yep. People you go, just go and kind of give their email and I'll send that out and okay. uh, yeah, and get started. Cool. Great. Oh my gosh. Shonda, thank you for this. Thank you for doing therapy with me. This <laughs> last 45 minutes, the bill is in the mail. Right. Be awesome. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I so appreciate this. I've learned so much and I love having guests where I, where people get to learn through my own examples, where I get to take something away from the conversation, but also where I know that the conversation is going to just be so impactful to so many listeners. Um, I think we've touched on a number of things that really impact most moms, if not all moms. So Thank you for the work you're doing. It's so important. And when you write the next book, you have to come back and talk about that. <laughs> My pleasure. I would love that. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. It's been fun. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.